passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When Ryan's when it's time to begin, it's on the rewind around with John Pollock and waiting the eighteen that makes sense that these things we see in the ring every week on TV. It's rewind around for Monday night, download a Tuesday morning from the post wrestling site. It's rewind around for Monday night on USA now on the John and Wade take the mic. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Rewind Raw. It's John Pollock and waiting the start of. Quite the week in professional wrestling. Uh, I'm already over this week. <laughs> I am ready for it to be over. Uh, are you looking forward to this on Tuesday? Are you like looking forward to all of this? Mm, I I would have said yes, like a, maybe a few days ago, but um, I think I'm I'm starting to feel just the anxiety of having to um navigate all the toxic discourse that's that's about to just take place you know oh, i'm all for, for the next all week. That. I, that, that that's fine i'm excited for the wrestling but man everything attached to it maybe not as much you don't think there's going to be a lot of uh you know salient points made pro and con on wednesday up uh, people understanding the nuances of i mean such. listen it's a function of, of of what we're talking about right you know the, it's the, it's the the competition is is healthy ho- hopefully you know for everybody i mean it might not be the healthiest for um some of us who have to read a lot of it i suppose but um overall it's it is it's a it's a good thing i'm i am looking forward to it what about you um it's it's a lot it's just a lot and i understand we have a we have we have a unique uh i guess outlet where we are somewhat required to consume all of this but um like if i was just a consumer um I'd certainly be like picking and choosing because it's it's just way too much all in one night when we're talking about 60 minutes of commercial free content that we'll have tomorrow night between both shows, uh, expected overruns, and now a 30-minute uh, pre-show. Yeah, like I was going to say, it's actually more of an hour, hour and a half, you know, commercial free. Well, yeah, if you include, yeah, this pre-show, you probably won't have commercial interruption in there either. So, yeah, you're right. When And does NXT have a pre-show that we don't know about yet? Um you can keep it monitored because we're on for about 90 minutes here. And I'm certain that there will be more, more to come. <laughs> well, maybe even more announcements tomorrow. Who knows? But um, yeah, this is part of the fun. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a big um, measuring contest. It is. It is. They're going to get their measuring tape out. And <laughs> um, on Wednesday at 4 PM, the pants come down. We get to see. <laughs> okay. So the headline's going to be. Yeah. Okay. Well, this week on post wrestling, wait, what are we doing on Tuesday night? Please inform the listener. Tuesday night, we will be co streaming with our NXT friends. Friends. 
At up next, Braden Harrington, Davey Portman, of course, they will be handling uh, what is sure to be maybe the biggest edition of NXT ever uh, as they review that. While we handle duties re- reviewing Dynamite, and you know, we'll do our best to maybe have a sort of a, like a blend of discussion between the two. We will be uh, kind of um, it, it'll be very experimental. So if it completely sucks, you could blame me. Don't blame those guys. But we will be trying to uh, maybe kind of take turns throughout the night. We'll be talking about a little bit of uh, Dynamite, and then we'll throw things over to the BDE so that they can re- recap a bit of NXT, and then we'll go a little bit of, of a back and forth just to kind of like give everybody a bit of a sense of just what this evening is and what each show is cantering the other with. Okay. That's coming up Tuesday night. We will be live. John's not that excited about this idea. I don't think. Um, no, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. I was lamenting that we don't know when we will be going live because this could be maybe either side. Neither is going to blink. True. They won't, they won't go off the air till the other does. Very true. You're right. So whatever the shows and um, maybe, a, a, you know, five or 10 minutes after that, maybe we should just call it. Like if, if, if you're going to 10, 15, we're done. Uh, I I have a feeling that like you know they'll they'll be done. Do you, do you think both will be done by ten fifteen? So we know that the overruns are for ten minutes each, right? Or like at least AEW has announced theirs as ten minutes. Uh, has NXT? No. Right. Okay. Um, <laughs> dude, I don't know, man. I don't. I can't. I mean, in, in theory, they can go as long as they're permitted to. I guess so. I guess you're right. So we will see what happens there. Take your bets. Yeah, make your bets. So uh, in lieu of uh, Dynamite uh, on on Tuesday this week, there will be no Rewind to Dynamite on Wednesday. Uh, but later on this week, we have four postwrestlingcafe.com shows coming at you, including Rewind to SmackDown, Collision Course, and then on Saturday uh, as well, Bruce Lord and Karen Peterson reviewing Royal Quest 3 from the Copper Box Arena. Sunday, we've got MCU Later. It is episode two of Loki. Uh, with WH Park and WH Fan, they will be on the show. And the NWA podcast on Sunday for all. I'm sure he's a WH fan, but I think you meant Rich Fan. Uh, who did Park. I say? You said oh. WH Park and WH Fan. Um, uh, which You know what? I mean, if the, if there was a WH fan in, in, in the family <laughs> of the fans, I'm sure WH would be a su- fine and suitable name for them. But yes, Rich Fan and WH Park together on Sunday. And their first show uh, covering the premiere of season two is up free for everyone to check out. Boy, was it fun to listen to those two back uh, talking about the MCU again. And uh, in particular, you know, um, Rich, super knowledgeable, does a ton of preparation. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm a little biased, of course, but I'll put this review of, of this Marvel show up against any other comic book, like, dedicated review show. And I think these two do um, a, a better job, to be quite honest. So listen, Challenge issued oh. by way. Come at them. Yeah. Yeah. You want to go head to head? Live, I'll give them an overrun. Sure, you know, give them an underrun, all that. Yes, they do a great when, job. When's the buy-in before MCU later? <laughs> uh, God, yes, this is it, really. Lots to check out this week at uh, postwrestlingcafe.com and on the website. Uh, over the weekend, we got a review. Well, we got a review today from Bruce and Karen covering uh, destruction in real Goku that we'll go over. And uh, from this past weekend, we had a Fast lane review with waiting and Mr. John Cena collision course, all of your shows covered over the past weekend. So you can go check out on that in, in case you missed like the hundreds of hours uh, over the last week. Uh, we, we've got you covered before the hundreds this coming week. 
Uh, that, that's what, that's what we're here for. Yes. Yes. I'm sorry, folks. It's just, it, it, it's daunting when there's just, it just feels like there, there's no end in sight at, at all. It's no, just, never. and this is the game. It's just like, we're just going to stack hours upon hours upon hours. Yeah. We're being stretched. I'm going to crumble. I'm just going to crumble at the end. No, we have a great roster of people that are here to help us. It's not nearly, I think, I think, I think the, the sort of, um, what looks to be ahead is, is probably a lot more, a lot worse than it actually is because we have a lot of help. So, yes. Well, check out all of the, uh, the programming at postwrestling.com. We're going to move on over to some news items way. Yeah. Were you up at 3.30 a.m. in the morning to see the return of Yuya Uemura to New Japan Pro Wrestling? I don't think I was, no. Not. The man who was fired with the wrong choice of said briefcase at Impact Wrestling. Turns out that briefcase, it might have been a, a fire uh, two weeks notice, but it also had a contract for just five guys because he is the mystery guy replacing Yoshinobu Kanemaru and Yuya Uemura returning on Monday's card was part of the Six-man tag teaming with Taichi and Doki, uh, and uh, they were they were victorious, and then getting involved in the main event as well. Congratulations to him. Loses one job and, and really gains employment at another. Uh, five guys, no less. So happy to see uh, the stable that's taken the world by storm back up to their usual numbers. They can make use of all that merchandise that they printed. Yep. Um, can have their familiar uh-huh. hand signal now. Don't have to be doing the four horsemen deal. So, mm-hmm. yes, it was uh, Yu Yu Yuimura, Doki, and Taka defeating Kanemaru Show and Yujiro. And it was uh, Yuimura with the uh, with the overhead suplex uh, pinning Yujiro. Uh, some other highlights from the show the main event, what everyone was here for the lumberjack death match between Sonata and Evil. A cool 28 minutes that these two went for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. And this was. I mean, the commentary of Kevin Kelly and Chris Charlton, the story was, if evil wins, he will ruin Wrestle Kingdom for everybody. That was what it was at stake here. Our big show of the year, it will be ruined if the House of Torture is headlining this show. So it's it's very meta in the sense that it's all of this interference. It makes for poor matches and uh, blatant disregard of the rules, but... I mean, Kevin Kelly and Chris Tarleton, they always play it to, to the tilt where it's as well. It's like, this is awful for business. This is terrible. And this is in sync with a lot of their audience. So there was plenty of that. And Kevin Kelly just lamenting during <laughs> some of these ref bumps. What has become of the IWGP title and says evil versus Naito at Wrestle Kingdom would be a black eye on the entire industry. And <laughs> Chris Charlton was noting how the Tokyo Dome payoff will be light if evil is the champion <laughs> oh going in. Just the idea that the house will be down. Everyone's payoffs will be down because of this man. He'll be such a terrible draw as, as champion. So, I mean, for what this was, I mean, this is not my cup of tea for your IWGP world heavyweight title. But this was, if you love 10 million run-ins, Dozens of ref bumps, all of the saves, yanking the referee out, breaking up the covers. I mean, this was our climactic match for evil, where it's like the threat of this guy doing something of substance in New Japan, being thwarted by Sonata. And it came down to evil having the match won and Red Shoes, who had been knocked out prior. He goes to count, but instead he holds it up and Red Shoes, just the middle fingers to evil. I mean, this guy should be thrown out as a referee. I don't care what the 
provocation is, but he won't count Evil's cover, and we lead to a near fall by Sonata, and then he counters with his own Everything is Evil, Pair of Shining Wizards, and the Deadfall to pin Evil 28 minutes, and now Sonata will defend the title against Tetsuya Naito at Wrestle Kingdom 18. And with Muto at ringside uh, on commentary, Sonata brought him into the ring. They did a photo op together and Muto presenting him with the belt. And then Sonata said how this is full circle, challenging Naito at the Dome because both men were part of the same New Japan tryout. And New Japan picked one person. It was Naito. And they rejected Sonata, who had to find another path in professional wrestling. And here he is going to the Tokyo Dome as IWGP champion to defend against Naito. Okay. That's our setup. And at the end of this, we had uh, Kevin Kelly was, he still has the Wrestle Kingdom and New Year Dash shows to go, but he did go over to Japan and he won't be in Japan again until the Tokyo Dome. And at the end, he was just praising Chris Charlton, stating all that you've done to grow pro wrestling on New Japan World. You should be in the Hall of Fame for all that you have done and was just praising like the, the people on the uh, on the streaming side. And then they, they put over Walker Stewart, who will be joining the team. And and then they, they were just talking about the fact, you know, Chris Charlton was just stating like we went through the lows of working in the pandemic together. And now here we are. Uh, occasionally we're now shown on camera, uh, w- w- which is nice. So uh, that's it. You will get the, the end of this duo come uh, January 5th. Mm. they certainly have been through a lot i mean any you know we we hear a lot about maybe what the talent have had to go through um especially during the pandemic in order to just simply perform and and you know work um for somebody like kevin kelly add the incredible amounts of travel and quarantine to that as well he's had had it uh not easy you know just to be able to make a living doing professional wrestling so um uh this is a team that i i will miss you know i think they they were um one of the best teams you know in in professional wrestling at a certain time other news from the show Hiromu Takahashi retained the junior heavyweight title over speedball Mike Bailey and yo who replaced Leo Rush he was he was not uh good to go after his uh his fever that he had last week so Hiromu retained pinning yo after the time bomb two and then Taiji Ishimori made his return he's been out with a neck injury since that best of the super juniors match with Hiromu where the match was called off and Ishimori attacked Hiromu, and that's a direction that they look to be going with uh, in the in the immediate after this one. We had several new champions. David Finley lost the never open weight championship to Tamatanga. Really good match that went just under 20 minutes and some amazing counters by Tamatanga using the gun stun. Uh, at one point, Finley went for into oblivion. That was turned into the gun stun and working in all these great near falls and then winning after he hit the Styles Clash followed by the J-Driller. And it is his, he's now a three-time never openweight champion. The one other title change on the show was the strong openweight tag titles as El Fantasmo and Hikaleo beat Alex Coughlin and Gabe Kidd. So that was a good match too with El Fantasmo and Hikuleo. I like this role for Hikuleo where he's in this, this tag situation with El Fantasmo and hopefully they can uh, build this guy. I saw enough improvements in him throughout the G1. And this is, this is a good role for him. It's not uh, too much of a big single spotlight because I don't know if he's necessarily ready for that big monster singles push. And this is probably a good pairing for him, at least for uh, the short term. And those are the main things on the show and Yuya Uemura's return and into a fairly prominent spot with just five guys coming out of the show. So now they go to 
Royal Quest 3 on the weekend. They have the Super Junior Tag League in a couple of weeks starting, and then it's the World Tag League to end the year. And then suddenly we're we're into January. Already. Look at that. Um, and again, full review of that show over in the Post Wrestling Cafe right now from Bruce Lord and Karen Peterson. Also, because there were a million shows going on in Japan today, uh, Stardom held a pay-per-view in Nagoya. And the big thing on the show, it was Kyrie's farewell match because she is going on an extended hiatus, which is um, one of the ideas they had for the renaming of WWE. Um, extended hiatus. Uh, so Kyrie uh, finished up. Uh, she was teaming with uh, Nane Takahashi and Mayu Iwatani, defeating Koguma, Hazuki, and Saya Ida. And it was Kyrie pinning Koguma with the insane elbow. So they they put her over in her farewell match. It was uh, emotional afterwards. And I guess now people are just going to be expecting her arrival to extended hiatus. Extended hiatus, sure. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe that will be her new submission. Very, very interesting. Uh, you know, of course, with uh, EO Sky, the champion on SmackDown right now, you would expect SmackDown to be a pretty, you know, um, maybe presumable landing spot for her. But uh, when it'll happen, we'll see. Also of note was Sunday, John Moxley was supposed to have a match with Gringo Loco on the Pro Wrestling Revolver show, but came out and this was the second time that Pro Wrestling Revolver has tried to put this match together. And for the second time, uh, Moxley has not been able to do the match and just they stated that he was not uh, he was not cleared to go. So he was replaced by Rich Swan. They're advertising him for tomorrow. And I'm wondering if this is one of those where I mean, why are we going to risk this on an independent show when you've just had a concussion and the priority is obviously on Tuesday and not uh, working in Dayton on a Sunday night? Very well could be. I mean, I, I would have to imagine that they would have announced that he um, if he was unable to you know face Phoenix tomorrow that we would have known by now. But um I I would expect him to be ready. Ratings notes from Friday. SmackDown did 2,303,000 viewers, 0.64 in the demo. So their highest in three weeks since the show with The Rock. Rampage did 365,000 viewers and a 0.12 in the demo. So up uh, almost even in viewers from last week and down 12% in the demo. It was female viewership that was down this week in all the key categories. Uh, that was the difference this week in, uh, in in the demo and in some of the older categories as well. But now you can get out your pen and paper as we go through the lineups for Tuesday night, Super Tuesday. A Canadian programming note is that you will get Dynamite live on TSN2 at 8 Eastern, but to watch NXT live in Canada, it will be streaming on Sportsnet now because Sportsnet 360 that regularly carries NXT, they're carrying the Major League Baseball playoffs. So if you want to watch it on Sportsnet 360, it won't be airing until midnight, uh, but you can stream it live at 8 Eastern. So guys, we can project that AEW is going to win the ratings battle on Tuesday night in Canada. Sure. Thank you very much. The live television viewership has been won by AEW. So NXT, first 30 minutes are commercial free. And we have Carmelo Hayes with his best friend, John Cena, taking on Braun Breaker with uh, his best friend, Paul Heyman, in his corner. Long backstories involving each of these men with their uh, their uh, their mentors. Um, well, at least for Carmelo, um, uh, did they not share like a anything have they have they shared like a backstage skit nothing right no i mean Uh, well we don't know what happened off screen 
Same with Heyman and, and Braun. I mean, maybe years. I mean, I'm sure Heyman would have had interaction with his dad, you know. I, um, I don't think his dad's going to be spoken of because he would have probably been the guy in this role. Paul Heyman's going to be his new dad, okay? Uh, we'll just change that whole lineage up. And maybe John Cena can be Carmelo Hayes' dad. Okay, okay. Well, yeah. maybe maybe that's going to be the story. So Roxanne Perez takes on Asuka, a pub fight with Gallus against Butch, Ridge Holland, and Tyler Bate. Cody Rhodes will make a huge, huge, huge announcement. Mm-hmm. Big, big announcement. Big in yes. capital letters. Big announcement. So what? what's your prediction? What do you think it is? Um, he's been cast for a remake of Big. That wouldn't be big. Sure. Wouldn't you think maybe the Dusty Rhodes tournament? Or is that not Is that big, big enough? enough? That seems kind of obvious, don't you think? It's sort of maybe they have some kind of wrinkle attached to it. Maybe Cody's entering the Cody the the Dusty Road tournament. Well, he is in a tag team right now, so yeah, that would that wouldn't be. And then you get Cody on uh, NXT for a bunch of matches. Mm-hmm. That could be something. And uh, Becky Lynch set to appear, and uh, the Undertaker's Gong will also be an appearance. They never advertised the Undertaker. Truly, they just you know played a Gong. Could be just could be anything. Could be a Gong. Doesn't even have to be the Undertaker's. Tuesday's uh, title Tuesday, which as we've got pretty much the lineup here with six matches, do two title matches, do do you get the leeway to call it title Tuesday with two title matches? I, yeah, I don't know if that's necessarily enough. Um, There's more title matches on raw next week, I think, but they do have the buy-in match between Minoru Suzuki and Eddie Kingston. That's that's for two titles. That's right. They're up to three. Oh, you're right. Okay. That puts them over the line. I I think that, that crosses the threshold at that point once you include this buy-in. The buy-in to Title Tuesday. So Eddie yeah. Kingston against Minoru Suzuki. This will be on their social channels beginning at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. Do you think they squeeze in another match on the buy-in, or are we getting a one-match buy-in? I think very possible. I mean, either that, I don't know what exactly you, they would spend, you know, the rest of the time talking about. Because it's not like they have, I guess they do have certain video packages that they can air for, for the matches over the evening. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if you saw another match there. Yeah. Wasn't this the deal they did for that SmackDown where they did the mm-hmm. buy-in? And wasn't it Danielson and Minoru Suzuki? Yeah. And it was something like, I, I want to say like 70,000 viewers were watching it live. Like it was a like ridiculously low number that are mm-hmm. tuning in for these like online streams. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 a web show. Um, and I, you know, what's the strategy here, right? It, it's to maybe take away some of the online buzz, maybe just to, you know, the, the, the audiences that were going to watch um, maybe both, that they, they get a, a, an early head start to, to their night by watching. Ideally, you want to do product. something big with like five or 10 minutes left that are going to keep people like you're, you should be hitting hard what the match is at the top of the hour or what segment is starting. Like maybe they start with edge. Maybe you go with your big thing at right at 8 PM. You'll get your entrances. Yeah. Right into the show. I'm you sure. could do a hundred percent. You do the entrances at mm-hmm. seven fifty five, and you've got that viewer again. I don't think it's going to be a huge number or make any big difference overall, but you know, for some people that maybe were thinking of flipping back and forth, you do some, just to boost up that first quarter as much as possible. I suppose at a time where, like, you know, the under, WWE might be throw out, throwing out The Undertaker. I mean, if you're AEW, what really could you do, right? Like, to, to maybe give yourself a, a bit of an advantage. I mean, I will say, I think the audience that might, that might be tuning into Minoru Suzuki might not necessarily be the same audience that is tuning into NXT for The Undertaker. So they, they seem to be maybe carving their own path for the type of audience that they're looking for. Uh, and this is a big match, uh, at least to, to a hardcore fan who knows these both of these two. 
So the show proper at 8 p.m., which will start as well with a 30-minute commercial-free portion, has Ray Phoenix against John Moxley for the international title. Are you expecting uh, the title to be bounced back to Moxley? Mm, it's a very interesting one, right? Um, does he you know, clearly like Phoenix this... seems like he's in a mess at, at this moment too. So it's yeah. like if Moxley might be the better option at this point because this, this title is just uh, man, it's broken these two completely. Yeah, I mean, in that case, yeah, it, it could very well be 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 the case. But man, um, it's it's a it's a weird stretch of like you know a couple weeks for for this Moxley run. I mean, in in hindsight. Could he not have just missed like the month, you know, and, and not um, have? I mean, he made the, the call. He made the call. Like they were. It was hard for him to know, so he's probably doing the responsible thing at the time. But yeah, I kind of do think Moxley takes it back. Sarayan Hikaru for the AEW Women's Title, dude. I don't know how many people are like watching Hikaru matches because they're mainly on on Rampage. But like, man, her and Statlander had a great tag team match on Friday. It's like Sheeta routinely has these really entertaining matches. I'm, you know, for Soraya, she she had the really good three way at uh, in London. Um, this, this will certainly be a, a challenge in a one on one scenario with Sheeta, but she's in with like arguably one of the top women in, in the company in Sheeta. Brian Danielson and Swerve Strickland, the winner, will get a TNT title shot, and we found out that that match will be Saturday on Collision against Christian Cage, which either one, it's a pretty big match for Collision on Saturday. Hangman Page takes on Jay White, Adam Copeland against Luchasaurus, Chris Jericho against Powerhouse Hobbs, MJF will appear, and a segment with Timeless Tony Storm. And as much as this show is being built up for the AEW side, uh, as of today, uh, WrestleTix reporting just under 2,800 tickets are out in Independence, Missouri, which is very low. This is not sold tickets so far. We'll see if there's some uh, last last day ticket push for the company, but if that's some indication. I mean, they AEW is not hot when it comes to um, their their weekly television. Like all their numbers are in this uh, 2,000 to 2,500 range, by and large. Yeah, I have to say pretty disappointing. And, you know, maybe you can I, – I think it's very clear that, like, um, Adam Goldman is a, an attraction, certainly. And you have to ask, like, again, what the show would have done maybe without him. But he's certainly not, like, the game changer that maybe, you know, um, a CM Punk was. Do you think that this was maybe – was was Luchasaurus the I, like obviously he's tied to the the storyline with Christian and Nick Wayne was this that attractive of, a, of an opponent for a first match with Adam Copeland? I think the fact that it was his first match should have made up for a, a lot of like like this is not a dream match in any way, but it is Christian's you know protege basically taking on Edge, and um I think it I would have expected it to do a bit better than this. I guess it's just. You know, he comes in and he's rattling off all these names and it's like Luchasaurus is like, you know, it, it, it should be a fine match. It's just you, you've thrown out all these dream matches. And I mean, regardless, you would think, yeah, just the fact that it's his first match, that should be enough of a some oomph. But it certainly has not, at least ticket wise. We will see how this does uh, Tuesday night in its given slot. So there you go. That is your lineup for Super Tuesday. And again, we will be live after the shows conclude around 10, 15 or so Eastern Tuesday night with Braden Harrington and Davey Portman joining us for the entire show. And you know what? Some, some of you, um, you just want the entire show and you do have to do some navigation in terms of tracking down the entire show wherever you are. But we have a very easy solution to track down 
that entire show. That is right, John. Our thanks again to NordVPN for sponsoring tonight's edition of Rewind a Raw. It is a service I use every day to keep my online browsing secure and encrypted. I also use it, of course, to sign up for online services I can't get in Canada, such as switching my location to the UK or Australia gives me the ability to subscribe to AEW Plus on Fight. And yes, John, maybe I'll use it tomorrow night. Uh, maybe a lot of you guys will be using it tomorrow night in order to juggle, um, you know, pausing the live player so that you can catch up on one show going back and rewinding and watching another because you could definitely do that through fight uh unlike other services that i i'm usually required to watch AEW on it is my favorite way of consuming AEW programming along with its tv archives i just used it tonight to catch up on etr's title loss on collision right before watching raw it is way less of a hassle than dealing with priority websites and it gives me full hd quality i can also purchase pay-per-views at half the price i can even switch my location to japan john just to say i can watch aew in japanese on new japan world i don't even speak japanese i just like the thrill of doing something i'm not supposed to how about that uh i've i've also used Nord to get a cheaper netflix subscription you can also try using it to get cheaper flights hotel bookings and car rentals a standard two-year plan with nord costs three dollars dollars and eight cents a month when you sign up at nordvpn.com slash post wrestling so it's already paid for itself many times over and then you get four bonus months on top of all two-year plans when you sign up using our code post wrestling so try it get your money back within 30 days if you're not satisfied again $3.08 a month when you sign up at nordvpn.com slash postwrestling. Check the link in the description. Sign up with code postwrestling and get yourself some bonus months and let NordVPN know you found them through post. Now that SmackDown's on Abema in Japan, I would love to see the Japanese broadcast of how they called that segment where Bailey had to react to what Asuka said in Japanese. <laughs> I, I, you know... um, they might. I. I don't. I'd, I'd love to know how the announcers would call that one. Yes, it'd be a very confusing. Sentence. That's not what she said. <laughs> Let's get into Raw tonight from Omaha, Nebraska. Seth Rollins starts off the show reflecting on the Last Man Standing match, but notes his back is still broken. But being champion is one of the great honors of his career. But he gets serious. He teases that he's going to uh, retire. But no, he's just getting started, and he would like to have just one Monday without fighting for his life. He just wants the fans to sing. He came all the way to Omaha to hear them sing. Drew McIntyre is out, and Seth just assumes he wants a title match, but Drew explains, a bunch of other guys will jump you from behind. I'm asking you man-to-man, and I want you to be 100%. Face me at Crown Jewel. And Seth agrees to this, and it is made official later on. All these guys that are going to go through such hurdles come Royal Rumble time, this is as easy as it gets when it comes to securing a title match for yourself. I mean, maybe don't aim for WrestleMania, but one of these smaller shows, that's when you just go the easy route. Just come out. Got to wor- work on your walking skills to the ring. Got to have your music ready. Do it in the yeah. first segment before anyone gets kind of even settled in backstage. Boom, you got it. Damian Priest attacks Rollins from behind and Drew is left. So he's just watching. And he's watching him attack Rollins. When Dom is summoned with the briefcase, they tease the cash in. But now Drew stops Dom with a Glasgow kiss and throws the briefcase. Got quite a quite a distance here for this briefcase. Mm-hmm. This could be an Olympic event for Drew. Yes, briefcase toss. So no cash in. And Drew secures Rollins as champion. Didn't get your thoughts on Fastlane, but very quickly, did you uh, get a chance to watch it? And, and if so, did you have any thoughts 
I did. I did not watch it live. Uh, I thought it was um, a show that was, I'll put it this way. I, it really did hit me in terms of just the difference that a WWE premium live event, some of the things it can get away with that I certainly would not be as um, easy to forgive on a regular pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Number one, it's like certainly, and this is to, I don't think a huge uh, argument from people, but you can put a five-match show together with a bunch of your stars that are that are shelved. You don't need to put your whole roster on there, and people accept that. Number two, the way they teased Jade Cargill, like on the kickoff show. Yeah. Like, you could never do that tease to me on a pay-per-view and not catch tons of flack for it. Mm-hmm. No follow-up during the show. Like, nothing sitting in the crowd, an interview, what are you doing here? Nothing. Nothing tonight. Like, it was just, to me, like, it was just, like, teasing your audience. But I thought there was such – I thought what uh, – I think it was you guys that mentioned it, the idea of having her as sort of the free agent now sh- showing up at all the shows. But there was none of that uh, tonight uh, in terms of a live appearance by her. Um, anyway, that 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 is to say that I just think there are – I think there would be a way more – people upset if you teased like this major star mm. you promoted on the kickoff and then there you you hope to maybe grab some last minute buys but that's not the case with their system oh you're you're definitely not feeling as bad about you know having only spent like ten dollars a month for a peacock sub- subscription versus 50 bucks so yes um but the show itself um like i i was really impressed with the last man standing match i thought that was one of nakamura's best wwe matches he has had i thought they were both uh spect- rollins in particular um th- th- that said i can't say i came away with the show with, with too much like that i would uh say you have to absolutely go out of your way and see like it 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 was the first um you know payback we kind of said going in felt like a b show this even more so to me and that, and that's including cena in there like i i found that match to be Man, like Cena himself said, like where where he's at at this point, very upfront about it. He's very, very limited, but he's also very, very over. And therefore, you can you can compromise a lot of your match quality. And he's also very, very important um, to a lot of other people that are waiting for him to come back to work. So, yeah. Um, so, you know, the, 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 it could disappear at a moment's notice. Yeah. So the main thing coming out of the show, especially the main event, was um, I was really surprised that they didn't do the cash in. And, you know, just simply do the nature of like a last man standing match really kind of being the perfect backdrop for even a, a tease and an attempt. And then we saw like this attempt. Sorry. <laughs> Shout out to our sponsors. This attempt tonight. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that was me. Uh, my briefcase. Um, and then I thought, OK, well, like, did they delay last night's in order to give us this moment? Um I'm not exactly sure, but I if that was the case, I don't necessarily think it was worth it. You know, I thought last night would have been that much more memorable, even if it was, you know, not set to be an actual cash in and only a tease. But I thought um, I continue to love Drew's current role here. He is the most interesting character that they have right now. Um, he continues to stick very true to his own word. He's almost like in a, in a very unique category all to his, his own when it comes to, you know, your heel and baby face sort of um, definitions on it, it, within the WWE right now. So I thought having him not step in to save Rollins, but to step in only when his own interest was being threatened with this cash in attempt was a great way of exemplifying his his current character. And I think it'll be a smart way to ensure that Priest won't be able to cash in as long as Drew is around before Crown Jewel. Yeah, this was a good spot tonight. I 
I just saw Saturdays as it was this big hole that they were trying to fill because if they had not done that vignette backstage explaining it, I think it would have been this giant hole. Like, why would he not be cashing in? And I think the backstage segment was to temper the audience's expectations to not expect the cash in. It actually had the it actually had the foolish, but it actually had the opposite effect on me. Anytime they do anything to tell you that we're not coming out, you I feel like as a wrestling fan, you're kind of trained to think that you are. Um, but but how, probably... how are we to read that segment? Are are we doing it like Judgment Day knows that the audience is seeing this? Yeah. Well, okay. No. I, are I mean, we eavesdropping or are we being projected to? What, what, I don't think they're doing it to fool the audience. I, I mean, okay, I don't even want to think so deeply about something that's not meant to think that deeply about. But I'm just saying like the, 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 comp, the professional wrestling TV usually presents, you know, those sort of red herrings. and But whatever, it's maybe hard to win that way. Well, after the first segment, we go to the Viking rules match that Ivar is 2-0 in in previous tag versions, taking on Kofi Kingston. And Ivar, this is his most uh, prominent singles run of his career and had crazy plunder match with with Kofi. This included uh, Ivar on top, and we saw the the shields return as weapons. And he was... uh, he was yanked for this uh this flip off the uh, he was yanked by the beard actually and sent off the turnbuckle and Ivar crashed through a table on the floor. Uh, Valhalla leaps off the desk as Kofi uh, Kofi is scared by this woman. So Woods runs down and she starts growling at Woods like she has rabies and is going to attack Xavier. So she runs at him and Xavier ducks and she just hightails it over the guardrail and we never see her again. Ivar then kills Woods is rolled into the ring and catches Kofi's trouble in paradise and drills him through a table in the corner, climbs to the top for this moonsault and wins the match in 11 minutes and 11 seconds. Um, You know, Ivar has turned it up significantly, but I'm watching this guy and what he's doing. I was like, man, you're, you're just jonesing for a a bed next to Eric (laughs) with the moonsault. I mean, Oh, for everything in this, uh, he's, he's a big dude doing all of this stuff, but it was, I, I've enjoyed it's, these two and their chemistry that they've this, had. This is his chance, John. You know, like the, this is a team that has been around this company for a long, long time. And they've done a lot of like really, really dumb things that have not really improved their stock whatsoever. This, I would say, has been a month of like actual positive momentum for the Viking Raiders as a whole. But of course, you know, Ivar specifically. Um, so You he's, know when I'll take it seriously is when they do the vignette where he finally snaps and says, stop calling me that name. <laughs> The stupid name. <laughs> he probably chose it himself, man. Ivar. So, yeah. Uh, I thought it was a good, you know, hardcore match for, for TV. Big, satisfying table breaks. Um, Ivar, I think, finally got to win a match because it feels like he's he's lost a lot in this um, feud. I think all in all, they've done a good job of making that moonsault of his feel like a big deal for the Viking Raiders. Beyond that, I mean, um, they've done this rematch so many times. I... I can only imagine they have that... a new day rules match. <laughs> what, which what, what would that be? Budios everywhere. Have, don't they have their own match style, their own uh, plunder match? Uh, well, we'll find out. They got to okay. stretch this. Yeah. I imagine we'll get four more weeks of uh, rematches with these two. Saxton interviewed Shinsuke Nakamura, who won't respond to the questions about losing the match to Rollins on, on Saturday. Priest has J.D. McDonough up against the wall after his screw-ups at Fastlane. Uh, 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 by the way, Ricochet attacked Nakamura. Oh, yes. Ricochet showed up here. So this would be um, Nakamura would come for revenge later in the show. So they're not dropping that. 
this, oh, no. this issue that the two have had. JD is up against the wall and re-explains she got the Judgment Day a rematch for the tag titles next week. And Priest is still upset uh, with Drew and with JD. Drew for screwing up the cash in tonight and JD for just being a screw-up on Saturday. So she reminds Priest, you've still got the briefcase and orders JD to take care of Drew McIntyre tonight. And Priest still wants to break this guy in half. So after JD was uh, always coming through in the clutch, now he's screwing up left and right. I love the way that they kind of set that up. I mean, they've shown JD to be very competent in the lead up to Fastlane. And then coming out of it is his one screw up. And the whole group is letting him have it, including, you know, his supporters, Balor and Rhea, both showing their disappointment in JD McDonough. So this poor guy, I thought um, the, the dynamics between all the members and their reaction to what happened was was fun to watch tonight. Raquel Rodriguez against the irresistible force, Nia Jax, that they only mentioned 23 times as her nickname. It's always been her nickname. Wasn't it on her Titantron? Yes. This was one that was just constant. Mm -hmm. So this was a little awkward because the idea of this match is that Nia Jax is the big bad, bad monster and Raquel is the undersized underdog, except She's like bigger than Nia Jax. So to watch her struggle so mightily against Nia Jax, I felt it to be a little tough to to buy at, at times. Like this felt like this was a match Taylor made for like Nikki Cross to be the opponent. I think if you are trying to tell any sort of underdog story with Raquel, I, I could buy it against Nia Jax. I mean, I don't know. I, they must have been answered their weights, but I, I I didn't pay attention. But you can like she you can She's buy taller. She's like, well, uh, yeah, but tall is in height isn't everything, you know, like I, width is something as well. Well, Raquel is thrown into the post. They went through a commercial break and Raquel finally takes her off her feet with a big boot and tries a Samoan drop, but or, uh, her back gives out and she is dropped and it's set up for the annihilator. But instead, Raquel lands a sunset bomb out of the corner for a big pop. Both are down. And Ripley runs down and just throws Raquel out of the ring, attacks Nia Jax. The match is thrown out in seven minutes and 16 seconds. Raquel returns to the ring. She's fighting with Rhea. When Shayna Baszler enters and she's arguing with Rhea, both want Jax. And it ends with Rhea Ripley taking a released German and a running knee from Shayna Baszler as Nia Jax watches on. And this will set up Rhea Ripley and Shayna Baszler for next week. But in one segment, they at least created a women's title division on one show. That they did. Well, they've been teasing like the, this sort of four-way for a bit. And I imagine that might be the pay-per-view match you might get at, at a crown jewel. Um, I thought the DQ was pretty acceptable here. You know, for one thing, it protects Raquel and keeps her and Shayna both in the title hunt here. Um and, you know, it was a chance to see Raquel work as a baby face. And I actually thought she displayed some decent chemistry with Nia. Drew was backstage and he's approached by Rollins. Uh, Pierce has made the match for Crown Jewel and asks why he lets someone attack him. But then you stop my cash in. And Drew just explains, if it's not my business, I don't care. But Judgment Day winning the title affects my business and the locker room. And Rollins says, you don't have to worry about Judgment Day. They couldn't take the title from me and neither can you. So again, mm. it's like it's it's a pretty pretty concrete defense that Drew McIntyre has. He just flat out said, if it doesn't concern me, I'm not bothered. It's only if it affects mm -hmm. me. Certainly, yeah. He um again, he's very true to his word as he says. 
Uh, and it's very unique right now for either a baby face or a heel. I mean, I think, you know, maybe you would call him a tweener at this point, but he's very much like selfish and, and he's justifiably selfish given, you know, the trauma that he's experienced in the past. Jackie Redmond interviewed Shayna Baszler. And if she's in the ring, she's the baddest woman out there. No one sneak attacks her and gets away with it. And as she walks off, Akira Tozawa comes out of nowhere, walks up to her and just, hightails it and turns around and leaves tazala is sort of like their you know um i guess silent punchline to show fear for anybody i guess and it's it's a role for him i'm happy that he gets to keep his job it's it is a role for him it's funny if you were not looking you would have completely missed this yeah i'm sure he's working main event as well Michael Cole introduced Jey Uso and Cody Rhodes, your new tag team champions. And Cole wants to get down to business. He wants to ask Cody about finishing the story. Are you content with the tag titles? And perhaps you don't want to take another crack at the WWE championship because you failed and you're scared of letting people down again, laying it on pretty heavy here. And dude, Cody Rhodes, who learned from the master, Totally avoided the question. He yeah. just spoke about what he wanted to be asked, not what he was actually asked. He completely avoids this. I'm surprised he didn't start plugging NXT the next night. Michael Cole, I appreciate the question, but I cannot comment on this. I am just so excited to be a tag team champion. Michael Cole, though, journalist. Let me get back to my question, though, which you have not answered. You came so close, but maybe your story is coming close and not winning, just like your father came so close. <laughs> and before Cody can react to this one, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Where was Michael Cole at the press conference on Saturday night? You know, why didn't he grab a seat? Why didn't he get the microphone for a question? I mean, maybe he'll be credentialed at a future press conference. He can, mm, he can ask could only uh, hope. his hard-hitting questions. Zayn and Owens come out and... They start playing Sami Zayn's old theme song. This became quite the controversy online. Yeah, uh, more than likely just a mistake. No, this is this is a clear sign that the company's given up on Sami Zayn and they have so little care for him. <laughs> they wouldn't have done this to Steve Austin. Mm. This, is a, this is a terrible sign for Sami Zayn. Okay. Yes. Everyone should should realize this is the beginning of the end for him. <laughs> Zane even makes a crack about it. He's like, I haven't heard that one in a minute. And Zane mentions, I wouldn't the- even have noticed like if he didn't mention it, because I, that theme song, I do not recognize whatsoever. Like if you played that to me and had me guess who's, who's this was, I'd be like, I'd never heard this before. I was surprised to see the reaction. Cause if there's one thing I find typical of wrestling fans, they usually let things slide. Mm-hmm. Right. Zane mentions that he and Owens ended the Usos record setting title reign at WrestleMania. And now Cody and Jay, they beat the hottest thing going in WWE, the judgment day. That's the story we're talking about now. So F off Cole and congratulates them and thinks the world of them, but it's, it's conflicting emotions because we feel we should be holding those tag titles. Owens does not have mixed emotions. He is not happy at all to see them with the belts, wants them back and wants to challenge them tonight, but knows Jay won't accept due to the thought of losing to us again. But Cody stands up and says, we accept we can do it tonight. And Adam Pierce, who is the world's worst television producer, just clears out 35 minutes of real estate on the USA network. 
Maybe this is why no television network has committed to Raw's rights yet. Maybe it's just what what are we? We can't be dealing with this uh, last minute booking of a main event an hour into the show. I think he's done this job long enough to know that, hey, like he could have everything listed beforehand and some, some shit will go down. Somebody will go in the ring and will challenge somebody else. So I think he just has like a big like gap always, you know, for situations like this. And you know what? The show always times out at a perfect three hours. So what could you say? He's done a good job. Maybe maybe that's the genius that is Adam Pierce. Mm-hmm. So that's that up for the main event, uh, the tag title match. Pretty quick to get to this match, you know. Uh, again, like there's, I so got the much... sense they would be leading to Crown Jewel with with these four. Totally, no. like there's so much story to be told between the relationships of these four, in particular, Sammy and Jay. You know, Kevin and Jay, even Kevin and and, and Cody for bringing Jay over. You know, that um, I felt like it was a bit quick for them to get to this one, especially with no actual build. Um, but something possibly might tell me that this might be a a short title run for Cody and Jay. That's that might be part of the explanation that I could see. Otis is seen chopping Chad Gable in the back to get him ready for his number one contenders match. He needs to be in top condition to beat Gunther. Bronson Reed enters reminding them that he beat both Otis and Gable. He's going to win and tells tells Gable's daughter not to watch tonight because it's going to be another heartbreaking loss. (laughs) Nothing like a heel who comes in and absolutely predicts the outcome. Um, I, I mean, that's sort of the, I guess, the Gable character, right? He um, comes up short. Yes, that's right. Ricochet comes out for the match, but he is attacked by Nakamura as we go to the break and come back and Ricochet, he's still good to go. So I guess what was not- notable about this attack from Nakamura was that he used the GTS on Ricochet. Totally missed it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I don't blame you. I initially did too, but um, I mean, I think Maybe it means uh, Kenta's coming. Is, it, is that what it means? That must be what it means. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you have it. What a, what a program that could be leading to. Nakamura the dream, Punk, the dream match. Certainly, it would be. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was uh, you know, the, their defense is, you know, he's just using the Benadriller. Um. Ricochet's old move. I guess, but but Ricochet get, goes to his back, doesn't he? For that? Uh, it's close enough. Okay. I'm sure, that's sure. what he's going right. for. Maybe yeah. he just slipped up Nakamura. He was sure. on live television. You know, yep. he was going mm-hmm. for one, hit the other. So it's Ricochet, Bronson Reed, and Chad Gable, the winner facing Gunther next Monday on the season premiere of Raw. So again, this is a season finale. <laughs> yes. We learned halfway through the show. Uh, good match here that they had. We saw Gable. Gable sent Ricochet on the floor with a dragon suplex, but rotated him over on top of Reed. Uh, they just, you know, th- these two were really great having the the big Bronson Reed to work around. And Reed just would cut them off with like avalanches, did a double Samoan drop. And then Reed takes a super kick. And that's uh, he sent into a release German by Gable. And then Ricochet dives to the floor. There's a springboard into an ankle lock by Gable onto Ricochet, reverses out, and then a German off the top as Ricochet rotates, landing on his feet and his knee buckles, which sets up a chaos theory by Gable when Reed returns, dumping Ricochet on top of Gable, hits a senton and a tsunami, pinning Ricochet in 929. 
I thought it was a very good three-way. You know, Ricochet was really awesome here. I think there was some pretty smart booking in this in that Ricochet can blame the loss on Nakamura and actually him losing furthers that that feud. Uh, whereas Gable, you know, his long-term story is still Gunther and he loses on the title match this month, but he's still very much protected from, from the pinfall here. So that goal is still very much alive. Um, they put a lot behind Reed for this month in order to get him ready for Gunther uh, for I, what I thought would be a, a, a what is it, a, a crown jewel match. But it, it looks like they're really keeping Gunther like this sort of exclusive like TV draw. And I mean, the, the match is going to, going to be pretty good i can already predict so i i don't think it's a bad thing at all yeah you gotta gotta have those transmission fees if you want to see gunther that's it mm-hmm. jackie is with becky lynch she says she is not 100 percent. she's got 11 stitches in her arm plugs her book that comes out in march and this is the biggest opportunity of tegan knox's career she better bring everything she has and in walks zaya lee who asks what about me which i mean man becky could have just eating her alive here in a promo setting. Like, what about you? Could have just said, who are you? I bet you there were many people with that question. And Becky just says she's not hard to find. Long-term open challenge booking. Hey, I like like it a lot. I mean, listen, Tegan Knox got four weeks of TV out of this, and it looks like she might actually even get a a staying sort of um, uh, character coming out of this as well. So... This is exactly, I think, what Becky wants is to, you know, give a spotlight to other people within the division. And um, Zia Lee is certainly one of those that sorely needs it because it's been, I don't know how many months. I didn't even know she was on Raw. Um, I This was our update. This was her debut, basically. Pretty much. Rhea, um, Drew McIntyre and JD McDonough, not a whole lot to this. Dom, Dom ran Drew into the post for the heat and then... Uh, is hit with a PK off the apron, and JD has the advantage working on the left leg of Drew, but Drew then sends Dom onto the desk, getting rid of him. JD runs into the Future Shock DDT and is hit with the Claymore. 404 for Drew to win the match and move on to his title match. So JD messes up again. Yeah, McDonough didn't have a whole lot of offense in this one, but I thought what he did show was really like good aggressive work on Drew's leg here. Beyond that, a very straightforward babyface win for Drew McIntyre here. So, you know, whereas I felt like in previous weeks he was very much flirting with like straight up turning heel, I thought tonight was like them really dialing it back and he's more so like just an asshole who's all who's a babyface, but he's somebody who just again is only standing up for himself. So, I mean, he continues to be a, a really interesting mystery to me. A recap of the DIY reunion and Wade Barrett with a hard-hitting sit-down with Ciampa and Gargano, who made a bad news joke off the top, which um, crickets. Says that the fans made DIY. It's bigger than us. It's been seven years in the making, this uh, this union. They always spoke, man, what if? What if we were on Raw? How far could we go? I bet you those years ago when they were asking that question, it was facetiously. Yeah. Man. They were on Raw briefly. Yeah, we we had that, and we both went back to NXT. And they asked, they're asked, are you going to be teaming up after all this? No. (laughs) But before they can answer, they're jumped by Kaiser and Vinci, who leave them laying in this locker room as uh, Wade just, like, stood around and watched. And Michael Cole called him on it. Wade's like, I'm not a wrestler anymore. I'm not getting involved. He's he's, um, using the Drew McIntyre playbook. If it doesn't exactly. affect him, he's not getting involved. My business. I got DIY my- versus Imperium. Yeah. I mean, cool first feud. Good, right? Jackie spoke with Tegan Knox and says, 
Becky is going to face the best version of her. Tonight, she's going to show the world who she is. And Natalia says she's so proud of Tegan. You were born to do this and gives her a hug. So we continue to uh, string this one along with Natalia and how sincere she is. Ricochet is in the back searching for Shinsuke. Pierce said, I had him escorted out of the building. And they are going to have a Falls Count Anywhere match next Monday on the season premiere of Raw. Mm-hmm. A Viking Rules match even. Oh, yeah. It could um, it could easily double for that. So, sure. Why not? Quite a lot of matches for Raw next week. We'll go over them. Oh, after. yeah. This post-wrestling podcast is brought to you by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Financial literacy can be daunting, but it's one of the most valuable things you can equip yourself with. On NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast, their trusted financial journalists offer easily digestible conversational discussions on topics like balancing your portfolio. If you think an ETF is one of Cena's five moves of doom, this show might be for you. Planning for your tax bills this April, so you don't have to worry about a visit from Erwin R. Scheister. And putting away more money for retirement. Because unlike most wrestlers at the end of their careers, most of us should only plan on retiring once. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Becky and Tegan for the NXT Women's Championship. After two minutes, Barrett says... I'd give it a 10, 10. It's like, you'd be a terrible judge. If you are just willy nilly handing out 10, 10 rounds, you could certainly make an argument for one or the other, or else you're just really not doing your effective job. It's like one in 1000 chance. That would have been a 10, 10 round. Becky's selling her arm with the stitches in them. And I mean, they really should have shown the photo again, right before this match. Mm-hmm. Really? Like it, it, you see that it's stuck in your head for a solid 20 minutes of this match. And you're just, You'd be just grossed out at anything involving her arm as it like was oozing like a life form out of it. So Becky uh, hits a step up kick, drops Knox off the turnbuckle to the floor. There's a high cross by Knox for a two count. And then Becky is going for the arm bar. Knox defends and the disarmer gets stopped as Becky's head is driven into the turnbuckle. And as Becky is in the tree of woe, it's Knox with the cannonball and Knox applies her own arm bar and Becky uh, maneuvers out of this arm bar. Uh, blood sport, this was not in terms of this uh, this grappling exchange. I will be mm-hmm. kind. Missile drop kick by Becky for a two count, and then the manhandle slam is countered with a crucifix. Again, tries for the disarmor into a roll up, and finally, Becky applies the disarmor, and Tegan has to tap out 14 minutes and 29 seconds that they gave these two. And Becky retains, offers her hand, and Tegan Knox obeys the code of honor, which was a theme on this show. Uh, when you have a baby face versus baby baby face match, I suppose. Yes, I thought it was a, a a good match. You know, thankfully, like they gave this one enough time to make it feel like it was a match that was built um for several weeks. And as a showcase, I I thought there was a lot more interest in this than any of Tegan Knox's other matches, and that's certainly an understatement. You know, in uh in, in WWE, um, Becky did a great job. I thought I thought Tegan Knox did good as well but i was maybe hoping to see a a bit more intensity and aggression from her especially like because this is like you know her big chance you know it's a title match on tv 14 minutes i felt like she she was good but i don't really think she stood out you know not at least now in terms of her in ring nor her charisma of, of any sort but um she just might be a bit of a blank canvas right now waiting for a character to motivate her to get to that next level yeah, and this is one where I think as well you can see that they 
they have resources behind Tegan Knox that you don't get the sense they're just going to drop her cold. She does have a story with Natalia coming out of this. This is more important that they follow up and Tegan doesn't go back to being anonymous on the roster. Mm-hmm. Pierce is with Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell. Uh, they're back. And Candace is asking Adam Pierce about the status of her husband. And Pierce is the one delivering the news. Dr. Pierce is informing them about how they're doing at the hospital. I was like, I'm pretty sure Candace LeRae has a direct line to Johnny Gargano. That would be my assumption. Well, he might be unconscious after that terrible beatdown. Wouldn't she be with him if he was unconscious? Like if he had suffered, if he's in a coma from that attack. Yeah, actually, you would think it so. was earlier in the day, was it not? That was it was because Wade Barrett was doing the sit down. They explained it was earlier in the day. He did this interview. So this You're right. Hours. Well, Candace is busy, obviously. Doing what? This backstage, um, you know, having to ask Adam Pierce. How I'm sorry, I can't come to the hospital, Johnny. I've got to stay here to film a, sh- a segment where I'm asking about how you're doing at the hospital. <laughs> I mean, airtime doesn't co- come by very easily for Candace. So, yeah, no, it doesn't. I mean, this this was high value here. That's right. I, like, in Hartwell, I thought she was back in NXT. Well, she could go back and forth, she said. Oh, okay. Just like Becky. Which championship does Indy have with that power? Is that just, or you're an alumni and you get to go back. It's like, you know. Yeah, she's got alumni status. I think she might even still have a locker there. That's what grants it, yeah. Knox is backstage and Natalia says, you did amazing. What are you talking about? I lost. And Caden Carter and Katana Chance, just like, hey, is the camera rolling? Let's get in on this. (laughs) And uh, they also were trying to pump up uh, Tegan's spirits. Piper Niven and Chelsea Green come in. They're making fun of the pity party. And Green warns Natalia, don't get in my business again. You could learn from Drew McIntyre. And Niven threatens Natalia that you'll have to deal with me. And with that, Natalia says, you name the time and place. And Piper Niven says, Adam Pierce will have a segment free next week. Let's have a match. I'm sure we can uh, get a segment or two, at least one. And Natalia's like, cool. Picture in picture it is. That is it, yes. Um. So, yeah, this was kind of interesting because, like, this felt like a very genuine reaction from Natalia, right? And she's somebody who I think has been supposed to be disingenuous uh, often, you know, especially with Tegan Knox. So, I don't know. What What is this? The hope that you're interested to see where this goes. It's not just, like, an immediate turn. It's you're going to have to wait for this one to see is she being genuine or not. It's kind of a, like a lower version of like the Jey Uso story. Okay. All right. Did you see who was sitting behind Barrett and Cole all night in no. Omaha? Who? Anthony Smith of the UFC. Okay. Get front row TKO tickets. Well, that's nice. Yeah. Next week on the season premiere in Oklahoma City, Finn Balor and Damian Priest challenging for the tag titles against the winners of tonight's match. Gunther and Bronson Reed for the IC title, which should be really strong. Rhea Ripley and Shayna Baszler. Ricochet against Nakamura, falls count anywhere. Uh, That's like a pretty intense match that Nakamura has to come back a week later after that, um, after that match with Seth Rollins on, on Saturday. But a TV setting, like anything can happen. They could get thrown out like with something, you know, they like, I I don't, I I feel this is going to be like a pretty big match that they have. I certainly see it getting, it's like it's due time and having to do like a big match on TV. And then Natalia and Piper Niven. So five matches. Is that a new record for amount of number of matches they've announced or even segments they've announced it, for Raw? 
It's on the high end. Though the last time it was a few weeks ago, they had all these matches announced, and then half of them fell apart by the time we got to Monday. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. see. Sometimes a curse when you announce all this. Mm-hmm. Jay Uso meets with Drew McIntyre, and Drew just says, I see right through you, and I'll be ready to drop your ass once you show your true colors. And Zayn intervenes to play Peacemaker, and Jay tells Zayn, I appreciate you always having my back, but tonight it's go time. Zane's like, yeah, I know. We're up in like 20 minutes. <laughs> There's a video for Giovanni Vinci without, or sorry, with uh, Kaiser, without yeah. Vinci. I am living art. And we've got him with like all these different like uh, uh, art pieces. And they're like bad AI, AI versions of like him blended with like the Mona Lisa. And, you know, was anything David. more obnoxious after your first glance than people posting their AI generated photos of themselves because I was over it after the first one I saw. I mean, <laughs> get used to it, John. You oh, know, it's like God. sort of a sort of a, a thing that uh, is part of our world now. Look at this. So anyway, he's an A plus specimen. Ludwig Kaiser. Oh, that he is. Yeah. I'm glad to see them like, you know, put, putting out some effort into pushing Kaiser as a single star. Um, He's certainly but he's in a tag team. What about his other? What about well, his partner? I, I wonder how long the tag team's really going to last. You know, he, like he's the one with the speaking role. He's the one with, um, I, I think, his storyline. So they clearly see a whole lot more with him. Main event, Cody Rhodes and Jay Uso against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. There might have been 18 commercials during this match. Felt like it, yeah. Ugh. I just, I, I never felt this match really hit that stride because, mm-hmm. man, the breaks were, they, Owens and Zayn came out at 10.25 p.m. The match started at 10.35. And then we go to an immediate break. We come back. There's another commercial break. We come back. There's another commercial break. It was like, holy Ooh, Christ. We got to make up for tomorrow's commercial-free half hour, John. You know? I know. That's what I I felt like, man, they're they're getting an, an advance here. All these uh, all their ad inventory, they're just using up in this match. So, I mean, the final 10 minutes, they got a commercial-free. So, they, they don't advertise that. 10 minutes commercial-free at the end of Raw. Um, Owens and Jay are trading super kicks, and we get a close up of Owens so clearly communicating with Jay here and just like walking him through. The Uso splash misses. Owens hits a stunner. Cody makes the save. Zane dives onto both on the floor, and then Owens lands on the knees of Jay with a swanton. And we get super kicks, including a Cody super kick. Super kick party. Yes. I would call it just a kick. Right. Okay. Yes. Cody Rhodes hits the crossroads to Zane, and then. They hit their finisher that Michael Cole is pushing for the, what's he calling this? The Cody 1D? Yeah. Which sounds like something I'd take if I had a fever. <laughs> Do you have any Cody like, 1D? Sounds like something that would be banned, um, you know, yeah. from. From the makers of Benelin. It's Cody 1D. <laughs> Nine out of 10 doctors recommend. And he pins Owens clean in 21 minutes and 19 seconds, uh, 20 minutes of which were commercials. And. Dude, they ended early. We saw multiple replays of the finish, then a whole rundown of all five matches, and then we get another replay of the finish. And then at the end, Cody and Jay offer their hand to Zayn, who shakes it, and Owens returns to the ring. You don't know what he's going to do. He shakes hands with not just Cody, but also Jay, as they put over that he's finally bought in. They've won over Kevin Owens. So surprising to me at how clean of a finish we got, and like no no indication of them revisiting this. It was almost like, well, let's get this match in while they're tag team champions because we're not doing it again. And that was that. that 
it does not feel like Owens and Zayn are going to be in this title picture as long as Cody and Jay are champions. Cause this was as neatly wrapped up a program as you could expect, like nothing to lead you to a rematch. Yeah. Again, it feels like they rushed through maybe a whole lot, you know, in the span of these, what, like an hour and a half between the time that this match was made and, and the, and the blow off basically occurred at the end of this. So again, I mean, I'm, I'm fine with 90 minute feuds. <laughs> sure. Cram it all in. I, I think, um, Again, I, I I don't know, but like I wouldn't be surprised if this these titles just went back to the Judgment Day next week. I could see that being a possibility the way it happened with Dominic and uh, Trick Williams. Um, and and if for that reason, if you're gonna do one week's worth of you know a tag title defenses, then Owens and Zayn would be that team, wouldn't they? Um, I it's not you know it's not like this segment was completely for nothing. I mean, they did give you Owens and Jay finally, you know, um being accepted um by kevin owens and as a storyline point that was probably the most significant thing to come out of this match beyond that um i i'm i'm totally in agreement with you the commercial breaks really interrupted the flow of this one for me and um crowd seemed like pretty hot for it just given the star power but it's not necessarily a match i would say like you have to watch how about your opinion of raw overall I thought it was a pretty like solid raw, like in terms of storytelling, getting pieces moving here and there. Um, uh, I continue to love the Drew McIntyre character. I think Becky has been doing a really good job with this open title, uh, open challenge. I think she's actually the best women's champion in the company right now. Um, Rhea is building her thing with Nia, and um, it's in, I think, decent shape as well. So what else we got here? I really like the the triple threat with Gable, Ricochet, and Bronson Reed. I, I thought mm-hmm. that match was good. I, I think I would have been much more into the tag match on a on a, a pay per view setting uh, without all the breaks. I just yep. felt it was a really really tough to get those those going. Um, it's the problem with TV, right? And again, um, especially the main event where like I think they probably have to make up a lot of commercial time that might not have been used earlier as well. So that that actually might be a bit of a handicap. So. And we got three weeks until Crown Jewel and one match so far. And mm-hmm. probably the setup for whatever Roman Reigns is doing on that show this Friday for the season right. premiere of SmackDown. Is this mm-hmm. the season premiere of NXT on Tuesday? I think it might. it's more of the season finale, isn't Maybe it? Maybe next week's going to be the season premiere. They're going to try and pump up that number next week with the season premiere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that was Raw from Omaha, Nebraska. And... We're going to be heading off to your feedback. We have a bunch here. And if you want to send in any Super Chats, you're welcome to do so. And let's start with Super Chats. The first one comes to us from Matthew Yanes, who says, Hola, amigos. Happy Canadian Thanksgiving Day. Well, thank you. Um, Did you celebrate anything Thanksgiving? I mean, nothing, not necessarily. Just kind of went for a nice hike and made made dinner for the family. Um, Had a nice steak, had a nice ribeye. How about you? Do anything? Uh, I just got together with family on the weekend. That was it. Good that's time. That's, that's the way it should be. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you so much, Matthew, for that. Let's go to Jake Oladar, who sends $5 to send love and prayers to those affected in the Middle East. I have friends in the line of fire in Israel and can't stop thinking about them. More peace, not war. Well, thank you, Jake. Very nice sentiment. Yeah, awful um, mm-hmm. to be following uh, what, what's going on uh, at, the, at the moment. So, yeah, definitely keep those uh, in your thoughts, especially um, you know several of our listeners that uh, live in Israel. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Jake. Let's go to Brandon from New Jersey who says, is this the greatest rub of Michael Cole's career? I'm no, really Michael enjoy- Koch's career. Michael Koch's career. I'm really enjoying his work, loving how much, loving how much he's busting his chops. 
It's a great bit. Want to hear my new one? I have no idea what you mean at all. Brandon, I think you I think you owe away uh, double that amount for how he cleaned up your super yeah, chat. I'm but... gonna give you your money back, Brandon, <laughs> for that. Andy sends 40 rupees to say, Are you bullish on a CM Punk return? Um I think most are. I think it's just you you connect the dots. It seems to make 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 the most sense. And yeah. I, I think you're getting some people that are reading too much into it, but uh, tonight was more of a you know, kind of a nod to everybody, I guess. But I mean there's not nothing concrete, but I think most people are probably expecting that. I'm expecting it at this point, yeah. So I would say I am bullish. Uh, thank you guys for that, for the Super Chats, and thanks to all of you guys tuning in live. Please give us a subscribe. We're trying to get to 15,000 subscribers. I think we're only about 100 away, so very close. And then what, right. what, what are we going to do? When, how are we going to celebrate? 15,000? Um, um, we'll do a staring contest for 15,000 seconds. Not doing that. No, okay. We'll we'll think of something. Right. Let's start off with a uh, forum.postwrestling.com. Jay from Colorado. I'm not sure who left it, but the face makeup imprint on Nia Jax's abdomen was, in all honesty, one of my highlights of Raw. It looked like a cheap Punisher logo. I don't think I've laughed this hard. Okay, this is definitely a visual. Um, hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Great observation. Uh, all right, let's go to Manny from Pacoima, who says, first Rollins claims to be the best in the world. Then Cole says something about puppets. Then on the SmackDown go home, Corey says the greatest trick the devil ever pull- pulled, quote. Then tonight Nakamura hits the go to sleep. L.A. Park to WWE confirmed. I knew it. All right. Uh, he says the main event was a solid match. The 1D cutter looks pretty cool. John and Wayne should do that move on the BDE boys tomorrow as Post and Poison Rana present Super Tuesday. Becky and Tegan also put on a good match. Season premiere next week is stacked. Really enjoyed the Revolver Grand Prix. Mox went out of his way to promote the pay-per-view and they made Marina look like the favorite since the show was announced. Hope you both enjoyed your Thanksgiving and I can't wait till NXT announces a one-hour kickoff fashion show hosted by Pretty Deadly for tomorrow. Yes, boy. Oh, that'd be kind of funny. Um, if you, if you, I don't want to imagine too many people saw it, but the the Revolver Women's Grand Prix show, I ended up watching this on on Sunday. It was like a really fun tournament that they did. It was like eight women in the tournament, and it came down to Marina Shafir and Billy Starks in the final. And to Manny's point, like Marina Shafir, like she certainly does not have the personality that is going to jump through the screen on AEW. And, you know, the, the heavy grappling, it's not going to be everyone's taste. But in this setting, it works so well in kind of a small, independent setting, like a blood sport or a pro wrestling revolver. And for a for a tournament format, it was just such an easy story. Here's the big submission threat that is the favorite to win this. And it comes down to her and Billy Starks, who is the ultimate underdog. And she just ends up catching her with, with a pin. But I, I thought Marina Shafir was really good on this show. There was also a, a great match with Billy Starks with Trisha Dora in the semifinal. Janai Kai was in the opening round. She is really, really good. Um, this was a fun tournament that they did as well. So that was happening on Sunday. Next up, we go to Muggin. Everything felt fresh and got pushed forward. Becky and Tegan was a quality match, and Tegan got elevated in defeat. It'll bode well for her going forward. I braced for a Judgment Day non-finish in the main event, but it doubled down on Cody and Jay as tag champions. Cody's announcement on NXT tomorrow night might lead to the return of the Dusty Classic. Overall, a satisfying reset episode. Tomorrow's going to be jam-packed. Strap in, y'all. He's got a picture of uh, Sean and Hunter. Cooking with Crown Royal. <laughs> yes. I'm too tired. Let's go to Jesse, who says, uh, okay. You drew him. 
We're officially in the HBK and Triple H era in WWE and Endeavor slash TKO for WWE. My question, does Vince regret not letting the Saudis buy WWE? And with Kyrie Sane returning to WWE, does that mean the Pirate Princess makes a wish for New Japan stardom and Noah to have partnerships with WWE now that Vince could be on his way out in creative, thanks to Endeavor and TKO? Um, okay, I, I, don't, I don't even know what the, what the question is in, in this. Do you think Vince regrets not selling to the Saudis? Um, no, I, I, I don't think he does. He got a, a pretty great deal. So what he's referring to is the, the reports that Vince McMahon is not uh, running creative anymore. Vince's position is still very strong in TKO, okay? Whether he is doing creative or not, and he ended up getting like a sizable amount more of this, this percentage deal. Now, the Saudi Arabian sale, it probably capital-wise, they... I, I mean, we don't know what the, what the offers were, what they were willing to spend on it. So you can't necessarily uh, com- compare the two. Um, but Vince McMahon is like in a giant position at at TKO, uh, regardless of what his involvement in it is in creative or not. So it is not a case of him just like being ousted here. Mm-hmm. Shall we uh, go finally to Brian? Yes, Brian writes, a fun show, and based on who's popping up on the show, who's continuing to push, and what Fightful was reporting earlier, it's nice to have Triple H and company back in charge. Chad Gable and Bronson Reed remain my weekly highlights, and I look forward to Reed and Gunther slapping meat next week. Very fun triple threat and Viking rules matches, and I like the main event as well. We had another background Easter egg earlier in the show as well. Adam Pierce was talking to Ricochet backstage. Behind them, Rhea Ripley and Drew McIntyre were seen talking. Okay, interesting. All right. Well, thank you, folks. Thank you for the feedback. We're back in uh, less than 24 hours time with the Super Tuesday Super Review. So tune in. As soon as NXT and Dynamite conclude, we will be going live with Braden Harrington and Davey Portman. A whole slate of shows coming this week at postwrestling.com. And that is going to do it for Rewind to Raw. Good night.